Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast, helping to improve the understanding and treatment of pain across the world through education, advice from experts in the field, personal stories from those living well with pain, and more. A modern approach to pain treatment, management, and education, while helping to bring the patient voice back to healthcare. This is the Modern Pain Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Cardula. What is going on, everybody? It's Mark Cardula, lead faculty and CEO here at Modern Pain Care, where we make you the complete clinician. Coming at you this week with a, another new format for our podcast. We're going to be talking to one of our coaching and mentoring clinicians. Uh, we wanted to talk about coaching and mentoring because it's one of the um, things that Jared and I are doing more of currently, but also something we think um, is probably a better direction that we wish we would have went earlier in our career as far as not chasing the latest certification and different things because, you know, without a thinking process and application process, we often found those things falling flat. So um, before we get into the podcast, I want to introduce one of our, the person we have on this week, one of our coaching and mentoring clinicians, somebody who's been doing amazing in the program, and uh, we've been so happy to have him in the program. Howard Yan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Can you introduce yourself to the folks, let people know kind of where you're at and kind of your setting and what you're up to? Absolutely. Uh, so I've been out. Of, I've been out of PT school for four years now. So uh, at least where I'm feeling it, uh, just stepping out of that new grad phase, starting to get feel like I get my feet underneath me. Uh, my my background is primarily in outpatient orthopedics. Although uh, with the start of the COVID nineteen pandemic, I found myself working in a aquatic therapy uh, center, uh, which means. I found myself a little, initially I found myself a little bit out of my depth with a caseload of clients with uh, a variety of chronic pain complaints um, and a, a large number of clients for whom uh, our center was PT clinic number three, four, or five after uh, PT had failed to make improvements in their states uh, previously. So that's where I am currently uh, and it's been a, a really wonderful growing experience along with everything else we've all gone through in this uh, 2020, 2021 mess. Yes, it, it has been a mess for sure. And something, and yeah, you have a unique setting, especially with kind of the, the where people have maybe trickled down through the ranks of kind of traditional PT and maybe been through, you know, a lot of different, uh, you know, parts of their journey already as far as with pain and different things. And then they come to you. So that can be a, a challenging experience. Can you speak to kind of how that is as a kind of a younger clinician, relatively new out of the, in the, in the field and all of a sudden getting patients who are complex and, and, you know, I've already failed with people who are probably much more experienced as far as out there, not a necessarily great experience, because I can relate to myself having a lot of experience that wasn't that was repeating bad experience over and over again. But um, where where were you in like the comfort zone with those type of patients kind of stepping into that role? Was that something you struggled with or did was it something you felt pretty comfortable with out of the gate? <laughs> no problems at all, Mark. No, no, no not at all. Um, no, definitely. As a newer clinician, it was terrifying uh, to start working with these clients for whom uh, they don't fit a lot of clinical practice guidelines. They, When you ask them what has been done for them, uh, you get this mixed response of either, oh, no, that's exactly what I would have tried. And uh, in some cases, you do get this 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 story of uh, very passive care or this, they, you know other clinicians just sort of giving up on them, which... Uh, 
for someone like myself was both heartbreaking and very very anxiety provoking you know sort of oh the onus is on you uh to fix a problem that you do not have the skills or the experience to fix um i was very fortunate i'd been already getting really uh into outgrowing some of the uh some of the frameworks and habits i'd learned as a student um getting out of this sort of purely pathomechanical uh model of pain and uh patient care and into uh, a more biopsychosocial model um and that's kind of how I started uh, following uh, Mark and Jared uh, on social media, along with a host of others, uh, to try to update my practice. And, um, you know, that, that's part of how we led to where we are now. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where, again, Jared and I, were, you know, talk and we're like, man, we were, we were we when we hear the stories of the people we've been working with it's like man we've been there uh remember it you know maybe not as fondly just because it's such a destabilizing experience when you come out in the clinic and you know you're, you're confident i remember me i was very probably overconfident when i came out of school like man i got all of my dp well i wasn't even dpt i'm a master i was mspt when i came out but um you know you're a freshly minted pt you feel like man i got all the most up-to-date knowledge i got a leg up on anybody and then you realize the clinic and the PowerPoints I was given don't line up a lot. Sometimes they do, but man, they mm -hmm. don't often. And God, that can be a destabilizing experience. And then, like you said, stepping into a role where you're getting clinicians or patients, I should say, been with clinicians and shoot, I would have did that. That was something I was taught in school that should have worked, but why isn't it working mm -hmm. with the patients? And that's often the, the search that people go, like, there's got to be a way to figure this gray, massively muddy, complex world that is the clinic out um, so I can kind of navigate um, things. Where were you like clinical process wise, uh, Howard, as far as like, did you feel like you had, uh, you know, a zeroed in process of how to kind of work through these type of complex things? Or, um, you know, I always speak to my, my process was just chucking things at the wall and like crossing my fingers and hoping at the end of that session, man, let's hope something good comes out the back end of it. Um, did you have any more formal processes or was that kind of your, your approach going into things? No, I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's very easy to, to keep, to keep griping about how PT school failed us. Um, but I feel very fortunate, um, had a good program. Uh, and I think the sort of clinical thinking process, you know, going through your test retest, going through a thorough differential diagnosis, that was helpful. Uh, the problems start for me were starting more when, you know, you can get your diagnosis, you can get your idea of what's going on, even if that idea is nonspecific low back pain. Uh, the problem is when like nothing is working to help it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're test, you're, you're taking time to test retest. You're trying to make, do your utmost to make sure you're not repeating the same thing over and over again. That is not helping. Um, but, uh, you know, we visit number eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 19, 20 comes around for this client and you go, I I'm running out of tricks in my bag. And I think for young clinicians, uh, it's one of the fastest uh, contributors to burnout in addition to, well, you know, in addition to unreasonable productivity demands is uh, having a lot of folks for whom you're running out of your out of items in your bag of tricks uh, to do and nothing is changing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely share that story with you as well. As far as, you know, I've, I've shared this with many people, but I was 
to the point I was applying for DO school, thank God I didn't go there because, you know, the DO OMM way of things is kind of one of my more frustrating mm -hmm. things um, currently as far as some of the pathologizing normal variation. But that's a whole nother podcast that we won't we won't do that here today. But so I, I'm just curious if you can speak to, you know, what your experience has been um, in the, the kind of coaching mentoring setting to, to kind of help you through some of that, because that's commonly uh, the issue that it's like, yeah, I, I have a toolbox. I can either run out of tools or I'm like, where does it fit to this patient? I mean, where has that been for you as far as like what kind of things have, have been helpful for you in that aspect? Absolutely. Um, and I think it, it's important to, to know, like, I think part of my journey has been very blessed in the sense that I have had multiple mentors. You know, I, th I think it, it's, it's we, we get this idea of mentorship that it's going to be just that you're one clinical director or just your one uh, older therapist in the neighborhood. But it's been very helpful for me to have uh, two or three individuals that I go to to like check in every so often, even if it's like every couple of months, uh, just to talk where I'm at, uh, where I'm uh, what I'm struggling with in the clinic, uh, where this program has been a tremendously helpful. Uh, first of all, is the sort of frequency. Uh, the meetings occur at uh, having a call uh, literally every week, twice a week if you can make it. Uh, unfortunately, my, my schedule doesn't allow it to make both of the weekly calls, although I'd love to. Um, so I, I am stuck listening to the recordings. <laughs> uh, but having a weekly check-in to, to really get specific uh, with what we're talking about has been tremendously helpful, especially in a setting like mine where uh, things trend a little more complex. So quite early on, I um, was able to get to able to present cases, uh, get down to that n equals one, and really start understanding. Hey, here are some tricks in your bag that you've neglected, um, and then also just to have someone to validate this idea that, like, I think we're at the end of the rope with this person. Either you know because in their life they're not ready to make the changes needed, or this person is medically just out of my out of our scope of practice and out of our expertise to help. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is one of the things that we tend to as clinicians, especially in your career, you kind of lump the, the, the issue on us. It's I'm, I'm failing. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting this person where they need to be. And granted, we should be pushing and we don't. And I, dang confident you are in the vast majority of clinicians we talk to that you, you we're doing our best and that's all you can do is validate that you have put 100 percent effort into that equation and then there's ways as we've talked about throughout the, the program with you as far as how do you know if the patient's there or not and instead of you trying to like mash a square peg through a round hole you just recognize that maybe we're not at a point where they're ready to take that step in the journey you've given every opportunity you've done the best of your ability um to to help them move forward and there are just things that are outside of your treatment room that just aren't there right now currently to to get the person to move forward and uh planting those seeds right. like we've talked about and and talking about <clears throat> things to where it doesn't mean you're 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 sacrificing your your productivity and things like that but you're um you know because i know there's there's definitely pressures that students or uh, you know new grads and professionals face as far as like well i really can't just tell them to not come in there my my supervisor my productivity all these different things you know play into the role but um i think in the grand scheme you you know you you can do that type of thing and and 
keep the patient's best interest at heart, but also keep your schedule, you know, efficient for folks that are maybe ready to be there, want to be there and are ready to make that journey. And it's not that you're grooming people to the curb, but you're, you're just, you know, helping people say, Hey, maybe it's not right right now, but I'm here for you when it is the right time. And maybe here's some people you can work with that, you know, can get you, help you get there sooner rather than later. Um, Absolutely. I I think the, the big thing, again, as a younger clinician has been having someone to help validate that decision. Because it's super easy to be like, what if I miss something? What if, uh, you know, if I had just done this particular lift um, with them instead of that, would that make a big difference in their care? And, you know, cognitively, you can generally recognize probably not. But uh, there's been times when uh, I've, I've been talking with uh, Mark and Jared and the other clinicians in the program, and uh, they have had ideas that I hadn't considered. Um, I think that's another important thing about how this has worked is it's not just about uh, two uh, very highly qualified educators um, working with you, but it, there's also a, a community, each of these morning calls to uh, to bounce ideas off of. You guys are really good about after you give your th- 50 cents on uh, a topic to open it up to the group and be like, has anyone else seen something like this? Uh, and some, I think some of our most uh, productive conversations have been where uh, the whole team has dogpiled on an issue and contributed their ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I've enjoyed and I enjoyed you know, when we've done weekend courses because we're all unique humans and we're all going to see the situations we face in the clinic slightly differently because we have a different context that we bring to that clinical scenario. We've had different past experiences, different trainings and different things. Um, and if you're, if you're humble and you go into a situation for, you know, always willing to, to, to consider other ideas and other thoughts, man, it's an opportunity to learn. And I think Jared and I have really, you know, ingrained it in ourselves, but also try to push it that, Hey, it's not, this isn't the world of the clinic according to the gospel of Jared and Mark. I mean, it's, there's, we're going to tell you what our biases, we're going to own our biases. And we try to, again, make things as, as, as system agnostic as far as like, you know, definitely I have my biases of how I deal with some things, you know, repeated motions type things and some of the manual therapy type things. But I think, uh, you know, there's other people that have different biases that might fit better for that patient in front of you. Like I'm okay with a patient that might respond better to Howard's approach than Mark's approach. It's okay. And I think that's, that's just that person that day, you know, fit better. And that's something we should embrace and celebrate and say, Hey, I'm happy you got somebody and not take it as such a personal, um, you know, blow to our, our clinical ego that it's just, there are some people that, you know, either the relationship doesn't happen or whatever, but as far as like, I've greatly enjoyed that component of the program, kind of just hearing other people's thoughts and hearing other clinicians get involved in other clinicians problems. Cause you know, chances are, if you're having an issue, Another clinician in your, that's on the call is going to have a similar issue and, and either has experienced it or um, has some ideas of how they've kind of overcome some of the problems um, that you bring to the call. So, so Art, if, if somebody's considering something like coaching and mentorship like this, what would be, you know, they're on the fence, they're not sure if it's right or, or not. For them. I mean, what are your advice for somebody who's, who's kind of considering uh, a coaching type uh, program? Oh, absolutely. I think when you're considering something like this, you know, we're all the majority of individuals in our field, at least in my limited experience, we're all very hungry to get better at our craft to uh, figure out how do we help our clients best. Uh, so you've already been trying, you've already been, uh, you know, looking through Con Ed courses and, uh, you know, so-and-so's Instagram accounts or what, or blog or whatever resource that you follow. Um, 
And the the wall that we tend to run into is just application and the specific client in front of you, uh, you know, two, three times a week, depending on uh, their care. And so when you decide what, you know, and I'm just going to start very broad, uh, any mentoring coaching setup, it's going to be, hey, do I, does this person have what I think is going to, um, going to be specific to what I need, you know, whether you have, uh, I, I think these coaching programs are popping up all over social media, right? People's yep. like exclusive mentorship group, whatever that means. Um, and I think a specific conversation with whoever's going to be providing that, what does that look like? Is this just like a, you know, Hey, I'm going to give a little webinar every week uh, while you guys pay a subscription fee to me. Um, or is there going to be, are you going to be able to get that individual care? Um, so to speak, that individual coaching, um, and I think that's something uh, you guys have done a really good job setting up in your program. The idea on these weekly calls, each of us has our own individual slot and everyone's welcome to listen in and chime in. But that's their time to ask their questions, whether that be specific patient care set up or I mean, I've had conversations with Mark where it's purely around uh, career direction and my, my aspirations towards academia. And it's been incredibly helpful to have someone uh, who's walked that path before, has seen other people trying to walk that path and uh, get a sense of, oh boy, what steps do I need to take to set myself up to go down there? Um, so yeah, if I think specific conversations, you know, and if about what do, does the program you're considering entail? And if they're not going to give you that that very individual conversation, if they're not going to be able to tailor their their coaching to the setting right in front of you, uh, I would personally give it a pass. But um, you know, if you can sit, if you can buckle down, dedicate the time, if you can really get a good sense of where what are my needs and what is the program that is going to help me out. These, these can be tremendously beneficial uh, to your practice if if only to help you identify where are the places I need to upgrade my practice, where are the places that, um, what are the themes as I go through a longer term relationship uh, with these with these mentors uh, that I need to keep in mind and keep focusing on to level up as a clinician. Yeah. It's been interesting as we've had discussions with, uh, you know, and had these conversations with, with our, uh, you know, coaching folks and you know, mentees and things, you know, Jared and I have really enjoyed the clinical thing, but I've also enjoyed uh, like yourself with, with your academia, uh, aspirations and different things. Um, we've, we've talked about, you know, many challenging issues that clinicians face, you know, how do you deal with, you know, your fellow clinicians in the clinic who might be much more mm -hmm. experienced and maybe be operating under a narrative that you're having a hard time get behind and science, some, you know, most importantly is having a hard time getting behind some of the traditional narratives that, you know, I once held to, and it's just, you know, it takes time for us to kind of all move forward as a profession, um, how to document, how to bill. I mean, it's been some, some different conversations that we had with folks that have been, um, very helpful that, you know, not just, you know, we, Jared and I thought, well, you know, complete clinician, it's all going to be clinical. Well, I think part of being the complete clinician is being able to be efficient in the clinic. Um, 
Mm-hmm. document, manage your time, have a career direction where you're pointing yourself to expertise. And I think that's a big thing we tried to instill in this program. Here's your process. And you want to take, you want to involve some Maitland in the process. You want to involve some MDT. You want to involve some cognitive functional ther- therapy. Yeah. Here's a process though, that allows you to determine with that tool, how do you determine if it's successful with your patient and how do you frame it all within this big person-centered care thing? That's the big buzzword, but you know, it's, it's one thing to say it. It's one thing to really have a process that, that gets you there as far as really truly embodying it and what you're doing clinically. So it's been yeah, very, just to add uh, to that. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Just to add to that. I think, uh, that's been one of the remarkable things about this program is it really hasn't been just about like what happens in the clinic. You guys have even put me in touch with other professionals almost as, as another as a sort of networking springboard uh, to talk about things. Uh, you've put me in touch with individuals at, in the VA system to talk specifically about um, how do we cater to some of the psychosocial needs of our veterans? How do we best provide care where there are complicating factors such as um, service connection to their injuries? Um, and to give me more insight on just what their experience is in the system. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was, that was a very, uh, a very cool thing that I don't think you'd see in a lot of other, uh, programs, you know, that you take the time to put me in contact with your own contact network. Yeah. I mean, Jared and I have been fortunate in our, um, you know, development that we've been able to get, you know, develop some relationships with a broad uh, array of clinicians. And I am not going to pretend to think that I'm the expert in veterans affairs and the unique psychosocial things. I, I try to own my limitations too, as far as what I, what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And, um, but that's the beautiful thing. Like we have uh, colleagues like Katie Schottmeyer out in San Francisco, who we, I think that's who we referred you to. Um, you know, Absolutely. I've referred people to Sandy Hilton and Sarah Hag because, uh, you know, I, I am definitely not a pelvic health um, therapist, uh, you know, I'd, I'd try to, you know, be able to screen and refer appropriately to the folks that have better skill sets in that. I think, um, yeah, that's been the, the nice thing as far as to have that kind of referral network to, you know, if it's something I don't feel like I can, Jared, I can plug the hole with, uh, then we need to put you in touch with somebody who can. And I think that's been, been helpful, you know, not only from a, you know, clinical aspect, but even a career direction. We've had a few folks that are, you know, struggling with their, their current, uh, you know, situation and looking for maybe some contacts of like, you know, I'm looking to get in a setting where I can thrive and grow and pursue this expertise and be put in a situation where I can really practice at the top of my license and really grow the way I want to grow. So, um, again, we've been fortunate in that aspect. Um, Howard, man, I just wanted to thank you uh, overall for one, your, your passion for what you do. I think it's been, you know, uh, fun to watch, you know, folks who are coming thirsty, hungry to get, you know, good at what they do and, you know, really looking to grow and develop as a PT. I think you're one of the, the folks that came in uh, early on in the program. We've been greatly, um, you know, impressed with what you're doing clinically and, you know, your thought process and, and, and again, intellectual humility and humbleness coming in. I think Jared and I try to do that in any setting, including this setting. It's like being open to, to learn from every opportunity that you're encounter that you encounter um, and be okay to be wrong. I think Jared and I, regularly are wrong still and you know do our best to be less wrong each day but um you know being open to to grow and you've 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 embodied that and it's been impressive to watch um any other things you'd want to leave folks with before we uh, end things off today i think i just want to repeat um for the especially for our our more fresh out of school clinicians um something that you alluded to where it's very easy to start uh certification chasing uh, when you get fresh out of school. And I think, uh, and it's very easy to 
on your initial uh, interview with your your job to say, hey, do you guys provide mentoring? And they say, yeah, 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 yeah. And it turns it what they what they have in mind is, uh, oh, you know, you can just sort of check in uh, anytime you have a clinical question and they'll uh, answer it in between clients. And I think it's real important for us to take ownership of our own clinical growth and look for opportunities uh, and people that will mentor us, even if that means reaching outside of your immediate network or your immediate clinic to get that help. Uh, and that can look like just someone in your network that can look like uh, clinicians in the area who are interested in education, or it can look like a, a program like this. So uh, there's an introspection process that you need to go through and say, hey, what do I need right now? Who can give it to me? And fortunately, uh, there are resources like this around where if you are more isolated for whatever reason, uh, there's still clinicians who care about advancing our field and your practice and can help get you set up for success in the long term. Yeah, the certification chase is another part of my career that I look back and like, man, probably wasn't the direction, you know, looking back, it, it just set me up for a very biased way of looking at the world. And again, there's some good thoughts behind some of those uh, trainings and, and different things. It's just uh, um, really honing a process first that can allow you to take certifications on board and put it in a framework to see how you apply it to each unique person you're going to see clinically. Um, and again, I think uh, you're, you're embodying that, that approach as good as anybody. Um, and for, for those of you who are listening and, and like, hey, you know, this sounds like something I might be interested in myself. If you're interested in having a conversation with Jared and I, we're happy to have a conversation with you if you want to reach out to us. And, uh, you know, we, we're scheduling calls with clinicians who are interested. Um, we've had a great response and um, have been fortunate to have, you know, some great clinicians like Howard and others who've, who've jumped on board um, and have been, uh, you know, doing very well. So if you're interested, you know, jump on uh, modernpaincare.com forward slash supercharged and you can have, you know, schedule a call with Jared and I and we'll, we'll talk with you and see if it's something good fit. There's some pre requisites that we're really making sure there's we want folks like howard who are thirsty hungry humble in to learn not to 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 lecture uh, each other and and open you know and, and a good community atmosphere that where hey you can come in and uh, grow and learn from each other learn from mentors get uh, you know held accountable you know be okay with you know some critique nothing i don't think anybody thinks been too harsh um with any of our <laughs> critiques but you know that's that's uh um, part of our growth. You know, mentors aren't there to pat you on your back. Mentors are to kind of point where can you grow and where can you get better. And that's something we try to do with each and every one of our, our students in the program. So if that's something of interest to you, reach out modernpaincare.com forward supercharged and we'll have a conversation and see if that's uh, something that would be a good fit for us to work with you and help you out. But before, as we wrap up today, Howard, again, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you so much for your trust in us and our program. Um, I've, I've been uh, excited to see your growth and excited to, to see your future growth. I know you have some big things coming down the pipe with uh, some possible international moves and um, mm-hmm. also some different things we got in the, trying to set up a good plan for you where you might be away for a year and, and uh, still growing and getting better. So I'm um, excited to hear how you grow and go forward. And we will talk to everybody next week. If you have any questions, Again, go to the website or else message Jared or I via social media or email, and we're happy to talk with you and help you in any way we can. Until next time.
This has been another episode of the Modern Pain Podcast with Dr. Mark Karchula. Join us next time as we continue our journey to help change the story around pain. For more information on the show, visit modernpaincare.com. Also, visit the Pain Masterminds Network on Facebook for free education and resources. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast.